Good morning. This is Jewish Facts and Jewish Faith, and I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. I want to begin this morning with a poem by a modern uh, Jewish poet by the name of Ruth Brin. For the blessings which you lavish upon us in forest and sea and mountains and meadow and rain and in sun, we thank you. For the blessings you implant within us joy and peace, meditation and laughter. We are grateful to you. For the blessings of friendship and love of family and community. For the blessings we ask of you and those we cannot ask. For the blessings you bestow upon us openly and those you give us in secret. For all these blessings, O God, we are thankful and grateful to you. For the blessings we recognize and those we fail to recognize. For the blessings of our tradition and our holy days. For the blessings of return and forgiveness, of wisdom, of vision, and of hope. For all these blessings which surround us on every day, dear God. Hear our thanks and accept our gratitude. This morning, I want to speak with you about gratitude. Gratitude is one of the primary lenses through which people of faith see the world. Rabbi Henry Glazer writes the following. I was buying flowers for my wife in honor of Mother's Day one year, waiting for the salesperson to wrap the flowers. I glanced around my favorite food store, relishing the sights and smells of those luscious surroundings. I spotted a group of cards available to customers on which to register comments and suggestions. And these letters were emblazoned at the top, rants and raves. It occurred to me that this invitation extended beyond an immediate response to the service or the quality of the food available in that particular store. In fact, Writes Rabbi Glazer, it could embrace our attitude toward the totality of life. Do we rant at life or do we rave about it? Do we grumble and carry on unhappily? Or can we discover the grace and strength by which to relate to all things gratefully and joyfully? This is a choice that confronts us each moment of our lives. It is this choice that we want to speak about this morning. Gratefulness is pivotal to the spiritual enrichment of our lives. Of all the virtues, Cicero wrote that gratitude is not only the greatest of all virtues, the parent of all others. Moreover, the absence of gratefulness in gratitude was considered a disastrous moral failing in the opinions of prominent Western philosophers and in the writings of playwrights and thinkers. David Hume is quite forceful when he states of all crimes that human beings are capable of committing, the most horrid and unnatural is ingratitude. 
Immanuel Kant declared ingratitude as one of the most detestable vices. And Shakespeare has King Lear announce, Ingratitude, thou marble-hearted fiend, more hideous when thou showest thee in a child than the sea monster. Shakespeare also writes in the Twelfth Night, I hate ingratitude more in a man than lying and vainness, babbling, drunkenness, or any tint of vice whose strong corruption inhabits our frail blood. One could surmise that gratefulness would be considered a paramount virtue to be pursued and cultivated with ardor and dedication. Yet we often pay lip service to the significance of being grateful and why it is a necessary part of being a mature, decent, moral, and faithful human being. We teach our young to say thank you when receiving a gift or favor and consider the neglect of such etiquette or protocol a failure of character and upbringing. But the deeper impact of gratefulness on our lives, its transformative power as a means of greater well-being and happiness is often lost or ignored. Let me again share with you some thoughts by my colleague, Henley Grazer. He writes, That morning, the fourth day of our spiritual retreat, I focused upon the first Jewish prayer in the morning service said upon awakening. Mode Ani goes the Hebrew. I thank you for waking up another morning. Glazer writes, I then proceeded to recite the formal morning prayers wearing the talit, the prayer shawl, and the tefillin, the phylacteries. I stepped over to a corner of a large meditation room, placed the prayer shawl over my head, and suddenly, without warning, was gripped by a torrent of uncontrollable sobbing. It was as if the floodgates of feeling that had been dammed up in my heart had suddenly burst open, and for what seemed like an eternity, my body heaved with the eruption of tears and feelings that seemed to have sprung from the deepest wellsprings of my soul. I couldn't stop. As I wept, all I could feel was the sensation of being thankful. And I repeated to myself over and over again the beginning of that Hebrew prayer, Mode ani lefanecha. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. He continues, there was nothing specific for which I was grateful, simply for being alive, for being blessed with a heart that was finally open and receptive to feeling fully alive and fully conscious that somewhere there was something, something intimate and indispensable for the fullness of my life, something to which or to whom I was profoundly grateful. This moment... This time, the words of a prayer became a living, genuine reality. No matter how brief or transient or temporary it was, in those few moments, my colleague Rabbi Glazer writes, I understood the meaning of the prayer. This was, I felt, my experience of the words 
of the Buddhist teacher, Ajahn Kah, who once said, if you haven't wept deeply, you haven't begun to meditate. All of us are confronted with the existential reality of our lives as being brief, without any logical explanation and potentially a source of meaningless and futility, so brilliantly understood by the author of the book of Ecclesiastes. That same author, however, concluded, I know of no other good in life but to be happy while one lives and to recognize the good in one's efforts. That is a gift from God. To discern the good is a gift for oneself and for others through an openness of heart and gratefulness is a meaningful choice that may allow for encountering life with an attitude of faith, purpose, and well-being. Let me tell you an anecdote that was told to me by another rabbi about his great auntie, Gertie. He called to wish her a happy 99th birthday. And when asked what was new, she replied, I've seen everything. Nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing came the rabbi's response. Well, yes, each day I get up in the morning and that is a surprise. The Hebrew word for gratefulness is hakaratatov, which can be loosely translated as the recognition of a favor. Now, I would suggest to you that this Hebrew term has another definition that is more appropriate to that which I am sharing with you this morning. In the Hebrew, Lahakir, the infinitive form of hakarat, means to recognize and can also mean to make acquaintance of someone or something. Additionally, tov, which is usually translated as good, can mean favor or goodness. The power of gratefulness lies in its capacity to allow us to become emotionally and spiritually acquainted with the reality that all things are in some profound, if not entirely observable way, intrinsically good. To be grateful is to see life as a constant source of goodness with which all people can make a warmer and more honest acquaintance. Seeing life as a source of goodness entails the recognition of God's ultimate goodness. Gratefulness is the spiritual and religious bridge that can span the chasm between transient mortal man and the infinite immortal divinity. Gratefulness is the Jewish gateway to the divine. To illustrate this point, Let's look at the book of Psalms. It's a rich resource for the idea of gratefulness as a path to greater awareness of the godly in human life. Psalms is essentially a poem of praise, an articulation of the recognition of life and the world 
as a wondrous gift from God for which we can only feel grateful. The psalmist declared in Hebrew, Va'ani b'chastacha b'ta'akti yagi'al bi b'yishchakcha ashiralada nai ki gamalalai. I have trusted in your love. I will rejoice in your saving power. I will sing to God, for God has been bountiful to me. These words represent the essence of a mature and in-depth theology that resides at the very core of the thousands upon thousands of words that constitute Jewish liturgy and the prayer book. Translated more freely, va'ani, and I suggest that one's I-ness, one's existence, identity, are the product of God's chesed, love, generosity, and kindness. I rejoice and I sing in light of my awareness of God's compassion as the source of all things, all gifts of life in their totality, without the recognition of which my sense of self remains incomplete. Ki gamal alai, not ki gamal li, suggests that God is not necessarily bountiful to me directly. That sense of directness is reflected in the Hebrew word lead to me. Rather, the text uses the word alai, which literally can be translated as upon me, available to me, a bounty that awaits my taking hold of and for which I am expected to assume responsibility and share with others. When we read the book of Psalms, when we think of all the wonderful words in Psalms, really, the psalmist is saying, I thank God for blessings of infight and newfound understanding. I trust that this feeling of gratefulness and this act of sharing can only enrich and enhance God's presence in this world. Furthermore, from the standpoint of the Psalms, the capacity and the privilege to praise, to express the experience of gratefulness, is synonymous with existence and vice versa. That is, death can be viewed as a state of non-existence because our capacity to praise or be grateful no longer exists. The psalmist says, The dead cannot praise God, neither can those who descend to the netherworld. The place of silence, we who are alive, however, shall bless God now and forever. And the thinking of the psalmist, to be alive, is to be in a spiritual position to praise to be able to recognize the gratefulness, blessing, inherent in living without which life is incomplete, falling short of its potential fullness and losing its energy and vitality. An important thread in the fabric of living 
is the experience of gratefulness, without which life in its deepest levels of spiritual and psychological meaning can unravel into chaotic strands of confusion, dissatisfaction, greed, and hostility. Perhaps that's why it's so important that each of the three services during the day that are expressed in traditional Judaism includes the prayer that I mentioned at the beginning of my chat with you this morning, a prayer of gratefulness. You know, the prayer says, we thank God for the wonders and miracles that we are experiencing in our lives. Miracles, we understand, miracles are those acts which seem to transcend the expected progression of the world. A sea that splits in the middle of the desert is a miracle. But what is a wonder? Is a wonder the majesty of birth? Is a wonder the moment that a green leaf transforms sunlight into chlorophyll? Is a wonder when the sun rises and sets, when the moon is visible and then no longer visible, when the seasons flow in their due time? The prayer seems to be challenging us to remember that miracles may only occur every so often, but wonders occur all of the time. And it's for the wonders as well as the miracles that we are asked to be thankful in the Jewish prayer service. You know, no one knows for certain what transpires in the afterlife if one actually exists. But Jewish tradition exercises its insightful imagination, understanding this eventuality in the spirit of gratefulness and thanksgiving. In the world to come, the prayer book says, all prayers will be eliminated except for prayers of thanksgiving, which will never be abolished. Life in this world and the next cannot be fulfilled unless it's bounds in praise and thanksgiving. The very spiritual essence of life, one that is everlasting and ongoing, is the dynamic quality of gratefulness in the presence of the great gift of life. Toward the end of the traditional Jewish morning prayers, we read the following. May it be your will, O eternal God of our ancestors, that we may observe your decrees in this world and merit that we live and inherit goodness and blessing in the life of the world to come so that my soul may sing to you forever will I thank you. This piece of liturgy provides us with a closer understanding of the nature of enjoying God's radiance in terms that are comprehensible and reflect the reality of this world. So that my soul might sing to you forever will I thank you. 
Gratefulness and the song of praise that flows from this awareness are the eternal essence of all life. As I began, I talked about gratefulness is the lens through which we people of faith see the world. You know, in Jewish tradition, the lack of gratefulness is often connected to the occurrence of curses. The Torah, the five books of Moses itself, makes the astounding declaration that a fundamental source of these most ominous and grim phenomenon is the absence of gratefulness and that a sense of joy accompanies gratefulness. We read in the Torah, all these curses shall befall you. They shall pursue you and overtake you and wipe you out. And they shall serve as signs and proofs against you and our offspring for all time because you would not serve your God in joy and in gladness over the abundance of everything. We Jews believe that God provides for us miracles seen and miracles unseen. We Jews believe that the Torah entrusts us with gifts for which we are deserving and gifts for which we are undeserving. And yet, regardless, we are to be thankful. Life takes on a hundrum sameness that often deadens the human spirit and the desire for the extraordinary. It's not uncommon, I'm told, that the practice of cultivating gratefulness can transform these bland moments of life into blessing. The commonplace contains the sacred for which to be profoundly grateful and joyful. The ordinary is an ongoing gift for which we can cultivate gratefulness and in this way experience the extraordinary embedded therein. This goes back to that Hebrew phrase I began with this morning, hakaratatov, to be acquainted with the reality that all things including those bland moments of everyday life, are essentially good. You know, uh, there is a wonderful poem by Holly Bridges Elliott. She writes in a book entitled Beholding God in Many Faces, I remember this illumination happening to me one noontime as I stood in the kitchen and watched my children eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We were having a most unremarkable time on a nondescript day in the midst of the most pedestrian of days. I hadn't sensed the table I hadn't sprinkled the mats with holy water or uttered a sanctifying prayer over the wonder bread. I wasn't particularly feeling spiritual. But heeding, I don't know what prompting, 
I stopped abruptly in the mid of the daily bustle or mid wool gathering and looked around as if I were opening my eyes for the first time that day. The entire room became luminous and so alive with movement that everything seemed suspended yet pulsating for an instant, just like light wave. Intense joy swelled within me, and my immediate response was gratitude. Gratitude for everything, for every tiny thing in that space. The shelter of the room became a warm embrace. Water flowing from the tap seemed a tremendous miracle, and my children became for a moment, maybe just for a moment, not my progeny or my charges or my tasks, but eternal beings of infinite singularity and complexity, whom I would one day in an age to come apprehend in their splendid fullness. Can you believe it? Can you truly believe that standing in your kitchen, watching your children eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches can be transformed into a moment of gratitude? I believe it. I believe Jewish tradition urges us to see the sacred in everyday life. I want to end by talking to you about the word sacred in Judaism. We believe that we make sacred everyday items by the blessings that we recite over them. So you know, on um, the Sabbath, which begins on Friday night, in many, many Jewish homes, there are candles to be lit and wine to be shared and special bread known as challah and egg bread to be eaten. And we all know that you can have candles on any night and you can have bread on any night and you can have wine on any night. So what transforms these items into the sacred are the words of blessing that we recite. And the words of blessing, interestingly enough, of course, are words of thanksgiving. They're words that we use to acknowledge how grateful we are for the gift of light and for the gift of taste and for the gift of heat and for the gift of uh, God's bounty. Gratefulness. Gratefulness is the song or poetry of life. It's a product of awakening and putting on the lenses which allow us to see, allows us to see the sacred in the everyday. One last quote. There is joy in all, in the hair I brush each morning, in the cannon towel newly washed that I rub my body with each morning, in the chapel of eggs I cook at breakfast, and the outcry from the kettle that heats my coffee each morning, and the spoon in the chair that cry out to me, hello there, each morning in the godhead of the table, there I set my silver plate and cup upon each morning. All this is God 
And for that, I am thankful. This is Rabbi Stephen Garten for Jewish Facts and Jewish Faith, wishing you a good morning and a wonderful day. Thank you. Shalom, 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 shal